Good afternoon. It's four o'clock on Thursday, the 26th of January, 2017. It's time for Net Support Radio with me, Russell Prue. This is Net Support Radio. Hey, this is Justin Bieber. This is Gwen Stefani. Hi, this is Madonna. What's up, you guys? It's Nicki Minaj. Trust us for all your news from the show floor. You're listening to Net Support Radio with Russell Prue, live at Bet 2017. Oh my goodness, listener, welcome, welcome, welcome indeed. What a fabulous day we have had today. It's been absolutely amazing. I've met Will and we've seen Chris and we've seen a plethora of fabulous guests here we are live on the show floor it's just two minutes one and a half smidgen at minutes past four and we've got texts and emails stacking up thank you so so much i'll get around to having a look at the listeners as well coming up in today's live show We've got Terry Friedman. We managed to pre-record him yesterday. He didn't make the show, and it wasn't a quality issue. It was simply timing, really. We're going to talk to him. He's got a new book, and I so want to share that with you. We managed to catch up up with a good professor, Stephen Wheeler, from the University of Plymouth. He's talking about pedagogy research, some really good stuff as well. The fabulous Al Kingsley is back. He's talking Academy Trust. And my special guest today, Sir Mark Grundy and Kirsty Tonks from Shirelands Academy. Academy Trust, really, really interesting stuff there. Joanne talks about EduGeek top tips for protecting young people and gives us a real live example of a safeguarding issue. You really will find that very engaging, I am absolutely sure. Miles Pilling, a special educational needs expert extraordinaire. We talk send, we talk switches, we talk absolutely everything. Nice flavour to today's show and the brilliant Don John Tate, or Team Tate as we like to call him, he is on the show as well. Just a few seconds ago, finished recording him. Again, if you'd like to get in contact, this is how you can do it. This is Sean Parley, girls, I'm over all right here. What's up, this is David Gibbons. This is Chris and Johnny from the band Coldplay. Text the show right now on 85010, starting your message with the word radio. This is Net Support Radio. And my first guest this afternoon is Terry Friedman. Listeners, my next guest this afternoon is the inimitable, the talented Terry Friedman extraordinaire. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you, Russell. Thank you for interviewing me. I'm very welcome on the show. How, how many bets now? Come on, it's got to be the oh, full 33, it's, hasn't it? It's it has something to be. like 32. Yes. No, well, that, I'm 32. This is oh, 32, so wait. It may be 33. And they're just, I started when I was five. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, very good. And they're describing me as a veteran. So what does that mean? <laughs> We're veterans together here. My goodness. Uh, for listeners that have never uh, met this talented journalist, uh, well, turned journalist, really, but practitioner turned journalist, tell the listeners a little bit about you. Uh, well, I used to be an, uh, an ICT and computing teacher and then became an ICT and computing advisor and then um, uh, worked for the QCA as it was then, all yeah. of that kind of thing. Um, but in the end, I just decided to go independent. Well, over the years, uh, I think the work environment has changed. So I've veered more and more towards the journalistic side, yeah. writing and training, that kind of thing. Someone needs to do it. It has to be done. Yeah. We need the kind of, well, I was going to say the book that you've just published, which is a really some really sensible reasons as to why practitioners should come to conferences and events like this. How is that going? Um, well, the book sales aren't too bad, thank you. Uh, and it was my first foray into Kindle publishing, so it's quite exciting. I'm learning a lot. And the uh, purpose of the book, which is about education conferences, is really that a lot of people don't get to, a lot of teachers don't get the opportunity to go to conferences. So it includes things like, okay, conferences can be really really good CPD, especially ones like BET. Absolutely. How do you convince your senior management that it's a good investment of money? To let you go. To let you go. So it's got all those kind of arguments and... Once you're here, I mean, this is huge. Even I find it overwhelming. Yes, yes, me too. How do you actually plan the day so that you actually get the most out of it? So the feedback I've had so far is that it's very, very practical, down to earth, and and a lot of common sense, really. 
it's, it's really good to hear you say that. I, I've only, as I said, I've only, as a customer, the, the whole Kindle transaction went very well. I'm not a Kindle owner. I'm an Android owner. And the whole thing, as you quite rightly suggested to me, was smooth and trouble-free. Uh, Amazon handled the whole transaction really elegantly. Noticed that I hadn't got that out of my device, then offered me a download. Download and the your book just sailed on in beautifully, but I've only got as far as the introduction and I'm so well, sorry. I did, I did really want to read a bit before we met here uh, at the show. Really good advice and sensible stuff as well. But this isn't only what you do. You've got a newsletter and a very successful website yes. and you're out there giving good advice. Yes, well, I like to think so, thanks. And, um, you know, the interesting thing is, I mean, every, all the technology has changed over the years, yeah. but good teaching is good teaching. Uh, and it doesn't matter what you what, you, what the technology is, and the same issues come up again and again. Yeah. Keeping kids safe, making sure the technology doesn't take over. Yeah. You know, so it's very easy to get mesmerized in a place like this, but I think it's very important that people think, okay, if I were to get this, this device, whatever yeah. it is, how is that going to help me on Monday morning with yeah. 3B? Yeah. Um, I'm not quite as simple as that, but you no. get my meaning. I, I do, I do. Are you right? And I don't think enough colleagues ask that question or even think about that question. Mm. Mm. You know, a lot of them think that, well, I, need, I just need to, I'm not, I'm not ready for the software. I need to be an expert in it before I can take it anywhere near the kids. And that isn't really it. You just need a safe route through it and know what you're doing. Exactly. Good teaching. Exactly. That's what we used to call it and once the, upon a time. And the other thing I would say to anyone coming to a place like this um, is network as much as you can. Yeah. That's even more important than the stuff in a way. And bring your own lunch as well. Yes, definitely. <laughs> the, organizer, <laughs> the organizers won't thank you for saying that, but you know, hey. Yeah, no, definitely. Was really good. So, uh, long-term thing. What are you working on next? What's happening to you? Um, well, I'm just plugging away with the newsletter, digital education, and the website ICT and Education. I'm, I'm doing a lot of training and assessment, assessing computing, and um, I've got a few more books in the pipeline. I really enjoyed doing this Kindle book, and I just thought, well, let's go for it. And may I just say, I have been offered contracts by publishers, mm. um, and I've been published before. But the big difference is. Getting a contract with a publisher means waiting almost a year before you see it in print. Yeah. Doing it on yep. Amazon means yep. you see it tomorrow. Yes. And I don't do deferred gratification very no, well. It, no, we want instant. <laughs> we are, of course, a product of this generation. And we want, we want it now. Exactly. Well, well, yesterday. Right. You're absolutely right. And it will be proofread by a thousand people. And it will take forever in an age. You're absolutely right. Precisely. I know exactly that as well. If people want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you, Terry? Well, it's very easy. At Terry Friedman. And my website is ictineducation.org, or just look for me in Google. There's some really good answers there. It's <laughs> worth doing, listeners, I have to say. The guy's been around for as long as he says. He's really interesting. Get on him on Twitter. And thanks very much for joining us. A real yeah, pleasure. And very much, good Russell. luck with the book. It's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Well very done. Much. Terry Friedman there, listeners. Uh, still more to come. Don't go anywhere. Absolutely love chatting with him. Thank you very much indeed, Terry. That's really good. Still to come, Professor Stephen Wheeler, Al Kingsley, Joanne from Edgegeek, Miles Piling, and John Tate. Do not go anywhere. Net support. When it comes to school IT management, there has never been a better time to change. Net support. When it comes to school IT management, there has never been a better time to change. This is my first professor for the day, and I do like a good professor on each show. It kind of it grounds the whole show. I have in front of me a very good friend, Steve Wheeler, a professor. Well, I'll get him to introduce him in a second. Learning technologist down there at the Plymouth Institute of Education there. Another favourite of my university's. How the devil are you, sir? <laughs> Hi, Russell. It's just wonderful to be here again at that um, for about the fifth or sixth time now, and I, I keep bumping into you in places, don't I? Well, that's a good <laughs> sign. I'd always say, oh, if I'm a bad penny, it's not a good <laughs> sign. It's, it's a luck kind of thing. It would, it would say, really, that this is a good place to be, and, uh, and you're very, very welcome. Tell the listeners a little bit about what you've been doing at the show. Well, uh, yesterday I was with uh, Terry Friedman, I'm sure you know, and Simon Finch and Christina Preston, and we did a, a panel, a live panel discussion on the digital divide, which 
clearly is going to be a, 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 a continuing pressing issue for schools and colleges uh, down to the next decade at least, I think. There are some people who are denying its existence. Are these the same people who are denying the Brexit vote? I mean, I'm, I'm not quite sure if you're a denier. Or and climate change and all the rest. Climate change <laughs> denier. I mean, well, I mean, clearly there are some issues here. Just, just briefly outline them for Well, you see, the thing, the thing for me is, is the digital divide is not just about those who have and have not. That's the socio-economic divide. We all, we all understand that one. But, of course, there are other types of divides which are a little bit more subtle, like the cans and cannots, which is, I think is a skills divide. So lots of children and even lots of teachers um, have a problem kind of looking at fake news and, and thinking it's real or, yeah. or, or worrying about e-safety and not knowing how to protect themselves online. Yeah. So that, that's another divide. And, and yet another divide is a psychological one. You know, the technophobics, you know, the, the, the cans, uh, the wills and will nots, those yes, who refuse yes. to use technology or those who use it too much. I, I call that almost like um, e-pathology because there's two ends to it there's the the techno addicts and then there's the technophobics and somewhere in between we all oscillate yes and um, you know how do we all get to that position where we can use technology uh, so that it becomes it disappears so yes. that it's just a tool and nothing more that's that's I think that's the touchstone I think we're all aiming for that kind of level of transparency I think you're talking about yeah. but I, I still like you see huge obstacles in the way and I wonder mm. whether if we are the techno um, uh, gurus of the world uh, whether we have a culpable blame in there somewhere and is there anything oh. else we could do is it just merely talking about it or how do we I, I think we have to model best practice we have to embed these kind of tools and technologies into the curriculum so they so they become mundane um, not you know spectacular that you know um, that oh, we're always gushing over what they can do and yeah. what this what this technology can do for us. It's it's more about um, embedding it so that it's mundane and everyday, and 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 then training teachers to see the potential and the and the purpose of it rather than the spectacularness of something. And I, I think that's part of the secret. But it's a, it's a much more complex problem than that. But this isn't a new problem because, I mean, in old days, we there would be a river crossing and there would be a safer river crossing down there that not everyone would use. And, and then all of a sudden, we'd use that one. And, 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 and how, what, what, would, what was the change? And well, there was no change there. This is just a better river crossing. And, and now we all use it. But Well, I, I, I think that's the same. With, with There are lots of trends and, and, and little kind of movements in, in social media and in technology going on all the time. So I know that a lot of young people are, are, are avoiding Facebook now because their parents are on there or their teachers are on there. It, it, these little kind of social movements are constantly happening and, and they'll always be with us, as you say. But I, I think the, the ultimate, the end game is when can we get technology to the point where it enriches, extends and, and enhances learning rather than get, getting in the way of it? I mean, that, that's, that's the big question for me, and that's what my research is all about. And the answer has to be through research and through propagation of that, through mm. teacher mm. training activity. And, and well, well, absolutely. And, and uh, I've got four of my teacher uh, students up here today, actually, and they're Brilliant. going to be taking part with me in a speech I'm giving in the Higher Education Summit at, uh, I think it's 2 o'clock, 2.15. And I'm going to be talking about the student voice, and I'm going to be sat with them, and I'll have a conversation with them live on the stage in front of the audience yeah. about how they use technology and what they perceive to be its, its benefits as well as its constraints um, as a younger generation, if you like. And I think that's going to be important for people to hear as well. And then if they end up in post, in a place where they're teaching or, or mm -hmm. um, assisting teachers in some form, how does that culture of that establishment impact on them? I think there's always going to be that kind of um, a give and take, you know, where, where the culture that they embed themselves when ultimately it will infiltrate into their kind of consciousness and it, by osmosis they will also influence the culture yeah. because people make the culture, don't they? Yes. So, so people make the organisation but the organisation also makes the people. There's always going to be that kind of, I hate to use the word, but symbiosis that's going on. Um, now. We don't know is, is, the, is the answer, you know, what happens when someone becomes a part of an organisation. We don't know how far they will go towards assimilating into the culture, how much they will be subversive within that. Because some people will be more subversive than others and yeah. some people will be more compliant than others. Um, ultimately, I think it's about how much can that person contribute to the good of the organisation without compromising their principles and, and, and philosophies and, and, and just becoming it's a bit like the tetris game isn't it you know, isn't it in tetris the pieces once they fit they disappear 
and, and we don't want that. We want people to stay individuals and not disappear into an organisation and, and be nothing. I shall never look at Tetris in the same way again. (laughs) You are, as ever, as insightful uh, as you have been on many, many stages as well. Um, What are you working on at the moment? Uh, We've got a a project this summer. I've just been speaking to some vendors here about um, equipping it. We've got a a problem with our ICT suites. Um, They are tethered. And, and um, so I've decided really? to I've decided to rip one out and, and completely uh, gut the room and then make it into an experimental hot zone, a learning space, which is um, uh, able to be used for many many different things. So we'll we'll have um, uh, lots of different touch surfaces in there, three D printers, maker spaces. Um, there'll be fleets of um, iPads and, and Mac Airs and, and, and various other things that students can come in and use. We're going to bring kids in from the schools. We're going to have um, uh, different uh, seating plan um, areas where people can practice seating plans before they go into the schools. Um, there'll be soft play areas for the kids to come in and, and ex- we can experiment with these and see what um, happens when we change the context of the environment. One of, one of the things I'm interested in is something that Stephen Heppel talked about a few years ago, the experimental lighting. Yeah. You know, red light in the morning wakes kids up, blue light or a green light in the afternoon calms them down. I, I want to experiment with different times of the day, different context different ambiences within the room yeah. uh, and and see what works best uh, and, and this will be a project which I'm sure other people will get involved in in the future fascinating absolutely fascinating as ever thank you very much good luck with your thank talk you, today and uh, thanks for joining us here at bet that's that's much appreciated thanks Russell you're listening to net support radio with Russell Prue live at bet 2017 yo what's going on this is Jersey Drake hey, Emily Golding what's up guys I'm Drew and I'm Alex and we are the chain smokers Ah, brilliant. Thanks so much indeed. Time to go on to the text. There's just coming up to 17 minutes past four. You're listening to me, Russell, live from stand D118 here at Bet 2017. Uh, One of the uh, tweets coming in from Adam Wallace. Uh, Thanks, Adam. Really good to hear from you. A shout out to Tommy Murray on his recent promotion. Well, congratulations, Tommy. Uh, And good luck to him and his new apprentice, Daniel Woods. Well, congratulations to all of you. Uh, Big hello also to Ian Rocky, who's listening in his radio studio there and uh, wishing us luck thank you so much indeed uh, Ian looking forward to seeing you tomorrow when you come up as well uh, Romain Lagu said uh, feel free to visit stand yes I will thank you so much good for you cheeky I do like that as well a lovely one from Carl Carl saying uh, Andy G Carl Mark Big Mike Adam uh, Gooey Pete uh, Silvana and and bright keep up the good work yes I've done that as well hi Russell could you give a shout out for the guys at net support technical support I can get back on the phones there guys you've got a busy workload don't hang around off onto text as well let's just have a look at the text as well uh, this one is from Chris Lovesey Chris says hi Russell uh, looking forward to today's installment and more discussions on the safeguarding theme well we've got tons of that on the show Chris for you as an avid reader of uh, his newsletters enjoyed the chat with Terry Friedman Terry will be pleased about that i'm really pleased uh, you mentioned that as well hope the net support team are behaving themselves and big darren isn't giving you too many djing tips well actually he has he hasn't stopped at all um let's just get to take one more text as well hi russell looking forward to today's installment from the uh, admin girls back at hq well hello admin girls back at hq thanks so much for joining us uh, still to come we've got al kingsley sir mark grundy and kirsty tonks as well as joanne miles pilling and john tate if you want to get in contact Contact, as these people have done, send us a text. Text the show right now on 85010. Starting your message with the word radio. Listen, it's time to get super and uber technical now as I'm joined by someone from EduGeek. I'm going to get them. This is Joanne. Joanne, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for joining us. Hi. Tell the listeners a little bit about EduGeek. What do you do? So EduGeek is an online community, uh, very sort of aimed at IT professionals within education. So people in primary schools, secondary schools, uh, universities, anything like that. And what you can do, you can ask for help. So you've got a problem at work, you're on your own, you don't know how to solve it. You can post on the forum and people will get back to you with, hopefully, a useful solution. I'm sure that's the case all of the times. Are you finding that there are lots of 
people who are quite isolated managing networks. And yeah, for instance, I'm in a primary school and I'm on my own. So um, I do have some colleagues in primary schools around and we could talk and help as well, but sometimes it's easier if you ask people from the entire world to help you because EduGeek is a worldwide community. Well, they say that one more than one brain is always better and it's good to share and share alike and kind of pull those resources. So what's the typical kind of question that you would get? You know, what, what are we talking about? Are they, are my printer stopped working? Yeah, I, it could be uh, the printer's doing this and I don't know why. I've tried ABC, but it's not worked. And then people will just give you extra ideas. It's quite good to brainstorm and things like that as well. And do you think that stuff's got more complicated or easier as time's gone on? I mean, it's very interesting. I wouldn't say it's gone complicated. It's just changed. Okay. So just moving from Windows 2000 through XP, through Vista, Windows 7, Windows 10. I totally miss Windows 8 out then. Probably. We all Probably. miss. <laughs> only, only the very bright people missed Windows 8 out, let me tell yeah, you. It just changes. So Of course, of yeah. course. And there are a lot of people who, who, this isn't a main job for them. Some of them are, have teaching assistant responsibilities yep. or perhaps have supervisory responsibilities. Yeah, or sometimes so, they're full-time teachers. Yeah, sometimes they don't have IT support. So it's, they might have a quite a simple problem that people online will be able to help them with. Okay, what kind of tools do you use in your school to kind of support your kind of su support really? What do you use? All sorts of tools. Um, one really good one is uh, NetSupport. Uh, we use that for safeguarding uh, mostly, so it's monitoring what the children right. are searching for on well, the computers. Well, very topical and very now now. There's some real. Uh, it's been a, well, it's been changing law and the responsibility f from last year, and so you know the, the buck kind of really does stop with the school, and they can't yeah. point their finger at the IT provider anymore or the broadband provider. It's kind of you know it's much more in house. So, so what kind of talk me through the kind of experiences? What what. What are so, they looking for? What are the, you know? What are the kind of problems and how well, do you deal with it? One thing I dealt with earlier this week, I, I clicked on Net Support and I opened the alerts. So I had two. <laughs> okay. And one of them, um, it came up saying "kill yourself." So I looked, and it was actually a child playing an online game that he shouldn't have been on. Okay. So that enabled me to then get the URL and then block it, so then they can't go on it. It's just it's quite proactive. Whereas normally that would have just slipped through, nobody well, would have ever known. Pretty good because there's a potential safeguarding issue there Absolutely. as well. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the child was just playing a violent game, um, so at least it, they weren't searching for no, but anything they, more sinister. That, no, that, that's true. That's true. But it is good to know that, and you know, and, it, and if it wasn't part of the curriculum, and I'm not sure it would fit anyway. <laughs> perhaps a little bit further on. Uh, when people are looking at, you know, if you're looking at psychology or taking GCSE psychology or something yeah. like that, I can understand that there may well be those kind of people wanting to look up. And then I, I guess special rules or permissions can. So how much was it down to you? So you got the alert, yep. and, and then what do you have to do? Well, you blocked it, of course. So, yeah, you just click on the alert so you can get a list of them. It tells you Brilliant. who was logged on to which machine, ah. um, exactly what they searched for, and what website they were on or program they were using. So sometimes it might be in Microsoft Word mm. uh, and things like that. If it's a really severe um, alert, it will give you a screenshot as well. Wow. So that's quite handy. For evidence. For yeah. And then what do you have to do as someone in your organisation? Do you take it to a senior leader and show them? A yeah, if I saw something uh, particularly con of concern, I would take it to the safeguarding officer straight away. Perfect. So there's a member of staff that has that responsibility. Yeah general kind of stuff were you surprised by anything that you see or not really um, I've been in the job for over 10 years now so not much surprises me <laughs> um, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing uh, well our school is in quite a deprived area so it doesn't surprise me when children are uh, playing violent video games and stuff like that um, so yeah unfortunately Okay, well, it's pretty good you were spotting it. And you mentioned the other alert. Can you talk about the other alert? Can you tell us about that? Um, the other alert was a false positive. Okay, tell me about that. Um, so it came up with the word lowly, and that comes up quite a lot when teachers are sending emails to each other and they put lol at the end of a sentence. Oh. Um, 
so that's what that one was. <laughs> well, okay, well, that's pretty good. So there's a lot of lol. Yeah, I, I see that one quite a lot, actually. A lot of lol in your primary school, which is always really, really good. Do you think this is, now that kids know that this, or is this something, that's an interesting question, I've only just thought of, do the kids know that this monitoring exists? I don't think the children do. The that's staff are 100% very, aware of But yet they're still lolling at the end. Well, this yeah. is fine. Okay, that's okay. Uh, but I wonder whether knowing that it's there and that protection there changes their behaviour. I'm just interested to know. I imagine it would. They'd probably think more about what they were typing in. I know if it was me, I would. That's a good um, thing, though, isn't it? Because yeah. we haven't always got this safety net underneath them. And we kind of want to model that good behaviour, don't we, really, yeah. going forward. So they and really, as well, it's only so far that filtering can take you. It's yeah. that Filtering is very much a reactive yes, of course. sort of response, whereas the safe, safeguarding monitoring is more of a proactive response. And when the safeguarding officer had a chat with that child, what was the end result? Did you get included in that? Are you just kind of... No, it's, it's mostly just don't do it again. <laughs> Well, and then you can reinforce that by stopping them from doing it again, yeah. which is very interesting. Yeah, Brilliant. and finding all of the uh, the Google sites that have Flash games on them. Wow. Okay. And maybe testing them out for myself. Okay. Well, <laughs> we could get the kids to do that in some of their quiet time and then letting you know it would be really good. Uh, listeners, if you want to connect with the fabulous Joanne, who really knows her stuff, could we find you on Twitter? How do we connect with you? So on Twitter, I'm at terror underscore dragon. Um, you can find me on edugeek.net. Um, my username is Joanne. Really easy to remember. It doesn't get any more complicated than that, does it? Absolutely. Only when senior leadership get involved and then it gets really good. Joanne, it's been really good to chat with you and thanks very much for sharing your expertise. Thank you very much. Really good. Have a great bet and thanks for joining us on Net Support Radio. Check out the complete IT asset management, classroom instruction, and safeguarding solution from Net Support. Net Support. When it comes to school IT management, there has never been a better time to change. Net Support Radio, live at BET 2017. Just coming up to 28 minutes past four, you're listening to me, Russell, live from the Net Support software stand here at BET. If you're coming tomorrow or on Purple Saturday, need a jingle for that, I think. Um, uh, find us on D118, right on the main centre aisle. Uh, you just can't miss us. We have a most gorgeous stand. I think we should be nominated for a stand design prize, if I do say so myself. Well, I would, wouldn't I, really? Uh, keep those texts coming. Keep the emails coming. Another hello to everyone who is listening across the planet. Why don't you text or tweet in? Let me know where you're listening. It'd be really, really nice. We may have time for music today. We absolutely packed our show from top to bottom yesterday, and that might happen. Not quite sure on the timings yet. Still got, uh, whilst you're enjoying that, I'm still interviewing guests here um, because we can, and it's a really busy show for today, which is a good sign as well for everyone. Uh, next up, it's the inimitable Al Kingsley. He is with us and he's talking Academy Trusts. Hey guys, I'm Iggy Azalea. You're listening to Net Support Radio with Russell Prue, live from Standee 118. Net Support Radio, live at BET 2017. You're listening to Net Support Radio with Russell Prue. Hi everyone, my name is Megan Trainer. Net Support Radio, nothing else comes close. Listeners, I'm pleased to have the fabulous Al Kingsley back with me one more time, here with a different hat on as well. Al, you're also, well, tell the listeners. <coughs> Thank you, Russell. Um, yeah, well, as well as my, my professional role, um, I'm Chair of Governors um, for a, a school in Peterborough. Um, I'm also Chair of an Academy Trust, so have a, an overview and responsibility for um, schools both at primary and secondary level. So that's a really nice kind of way to get back into the community and focus on education. One has to ask, how on earth do you find the time for your busy schedule for that? Well, but sleep's overrated. <laughs> it is, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And the number of famous people said that as well. Um, 
what kind of responsibility does that? That's quite an awesome role. So it's, it's an interesting one. And of course, over the last few years, the role of responsibility of governors and then trustees and members of yeah. Academy Trust, the government's put more and more responsibility in terms of the, the overarching um, responsibility and commitment for spending what is fundamentally you know, a lot of public money in the management of schools. But that's the direction with Academy Trust that the government is pushing in education. I know a lot of people are not quite clear of the benefits. I mean, that's clearly a financial benefit to this, isn't there? Just walk me through that. Well, well, when academies first came on the scene, the the initial schools that came across, as they were called converter academies, there was a bit more money in the pot because all the money was coming to them direct rather than a slice going to local authorities. Yes. Now that's really not the case. So where the cost savings come for schools are where a number of schools in a trust work together and you get that devolved economies of scale. So you will see, and we've met lots of people this week here, where Academy Trusts have got centralised IT, procurement, HR and other services that's far more cost effective than trying to have individuals in each and every school. You know, And that's very much the way forward is about economies of scale. In many ways, it's schools becoming more business-like in terms of the decisions they take and where money goes. I appreciate that. We met Lee Jepson yesterday, who's yeah, director of IT from, a, from, from Leed Academy Trust, yeah. and, and that's a huge 64 primary schools. He's, yeah. he, he's kind of managing their IT for that, and that's a, a good example of pooling that kind of expertise. Lee's doing that both in terms of schools that are part of the trust and schools outside. And another trust that wow. we, we've, we've talked about this week, um, CMAT Trust, they do the same thing. They only have eight schools in their trust, but they look after another 30 schools by brokering and outsourcing their IT skills. Of course, I have the luxury of being able to see it from both sides, both as someone who supplies technology for that particular role and also seeing the huge savings that can make to a school by having experts on tap but not on the payroll every day of the week. That is very interesting there as well. And, of course, there's another dimension. It's the free school uh, fraternity, and that's an extra dimension there that's kind of parent power. And and what's your role involved in that? Well, it's an interesting concept. One of the schools in our trust um, is opening in September and is a free school. And there's a mixed perception of what free schools really are. And and you're right in that comment that a lot of people saw free schools as being parent power. And and in that context, parents saying, we want to open the school. And that had mixed results because some schools were opened and didn't necessarily have the subscription that needed to be to make that cost effective. Good point. Now, the government position is if a free school is about providing parents with choice. But in order to open as a free school, you have to demonstrate there's sufficient demand for that school to make it financially um, worthwhile. Yeah. And then the, the simple difference is the money comes from the DfE rather than from the local authority who have to build schools where there's a shortfall of capacity. Once the free school opens, as our new free school will in September, it is to all intents and purposes an academy trust. It's exactly the same, it's, it's run as an academy, the same rules apply. The only difference is, in effect, there's an extra layer of oversight from the DfE who rightly want to make sure every school that opens with central funds is a good or outstanding school Uh, and why shouldn't they can that free school join a multi-academy trust in future absolutely in fact if you open a new school now it has to be an academy or a free school right the free school wave to be fair there's debate how many more there will be but yes free schools will become part of academies trusts and it's probably less likely they will be standalone because again part of the government strategy is about local academy trusts with, you know, ideally that kind of five or six schools is a good critical mass, mixture of secondary and primary. That links into another topic I know you're familiar with in terms of all through education about Indeed. those schools working together so that transition from year six to seven is as seamless as possible for, for young people. Well, I think parents appreciate either uh, values, they appreciate schools that are following their values and perhaps faith schools as well, engaged in those kinds of activities. And I, I think it's, it's all Absolutely. about choice, really, and, and the diversity that we kind of celebrating as well here. Uh, yeah. You touched upon the, the IT procurement, but there's much more to it than just the service industry as well. There's, uh, there's, there's all sorts. I mean, first and foremost, schools can engage with companies like NetSupport to buy product off the shelf one-to-one. Yes. But when you're developing and opening new schools, spending government money, rightly the procurement process has to have the appropriate oversight. So what typically happens is, is there are approved frameworks. So solutions, ranges of products that have been approved to be fit for purpose and most importantly uh, are financially managed to make sure that they are cost effective for, for education. So when a new free school opens, preferred bidders can, can offer their services based on a framework 
then what is selected as the preferred bidder and at that point a local school can work with them to deliver everything from you know products like NetSports IT asset management to biometrics for their catering system to right. all the technology that they need across the school another good example would be like yourselves a fantastic radio station for learning and resources um, stage lighting all those kind of things that are technology linked creativity uh, as someone on the other side of the fence as you've said how important is it that we get value for money when we're spending public funds well I think it's critical I mean first and foremost we're accountable anybody in a role and, and there are tens of thousands of governors around the country that give up their time and goodwill to support it but anything where we spend public money it has to be accountable and with money tight the best way schools generate from government the need for more finance yes. is to evidence what they do get is spent wisely and the measure is always does it impact on student outcomes does attainment increase one way or another by having better technology better use of technology and more creative ways for students to learn. You know, not every child learns by reading and repeating. They need different ways of engaging, and that means kinesthetic learning, visual learning, all sorts of different activities. And I think we're starting to cotton on that actually technology doesn't have to be you know, another thing to worry about in school. It can really be a fantastic platform for 21st century learning, and that's what we're all about. Brilliant. Alan's been really insightful just to chat with you about the kind of the Academy Trust angle here because I think it's on a lot of people's minds, a lot of uh, talk about academisation, a, uh, a lot of negative talk around that, but possibly a lot of poorly informed negative talk around it. And I think it's really think so. interesting yeah. just to, to get it. I don't think it's fit for everybody or suits no. everybody, but I think there's a great opportunity to learn more about it. Just like students. There's no hey. such thing as one size fits all in well, education, is there? You know? I'd love to tell a few people that yeah, at the department however I know exactly what you're saying there uh, brilliant uh, Al Kingsley listeners uh, brilliant absolutely brilliant talking about Academy Trust thanks for joining us thank you Russell you're listening to Net Support Radio with Russell Prue live from Standee 118 it's just got 25 minutes to five. You're listening to me, Russell. A big hello to Denise Stevens-White. You know, you've gone really posh when the double-barrel surnames start texting an email. Uh, channel team there, big hellos to you. Thank you very much, Denise. Nice to have lots of lovely posh listeners. In fact, uh, only taking texts now from double-barrel surname listeners. So let us know who you are and how posh you are. Big hello to you. Thank you very much indeed for taking the time as well. Uh, Bogdan, uh, not a double-barrel surname. He's saying hello to all the guys at Net Support Group Stand. I bet hello uh, should come back and move some cables. No, please not. Uh, Bogdan is our cable mover and uh, not good uh, to have him around. He does like unplugging things as well. Uh, Tommy Murray as well. Great listening to you. Uh, give Adam Wallace uh, some airtime to ask him how his first bet is going. Uh, Adam's the one with the fabulous hair. Uh, so I um, might do that, Tommy. And thanks very much for your message as well. Uh, listeners, just proving that we're absolutely live across the planet. It and we're having a really good show. Big thanks to Al. That was an amazing interview. Next up, it's Sir Mark Grundy and Kirsty Tonks. They are so big and so exciting. They're on the main speaking agenda here. This is Net Support Radio. Hey, this is Justin Bieber. This is Gwen Stefani. Hi, this is Madonna. What's up, you guys? It's Nicki Minaj. Trust us for all your news from the show floor. You're listening to Net Support Radio with Russell Prue, live at Bet 2017. And here is that interview with Sir Mark Grundy and Kirsty Tonks. Listeners, I'm delighted to welcome my next two guests, the fabulous Kirsty Tonks and Sir Mark Grundy. Hello to both of you. How are you? We're fine. Um, Hi, Russell. Russell. How are you? you? Thank you so much indeed. Now, uh, from upcountry, I see the Shyland Collegiate Academy and Umbrella of Trusts. It, it feels to me like the both of you are taking over the world. Where are we at the moment? What, how <laughs> no, are, no, how no. are things? No, Russell, we're, we're not taking over the world. What, what, what we're hoping to do, uh, we've already got one technology primary free school, and, and Curse is the principal of that. And obviously we've got Shireland. We're just in the process of actually picking up another secondary school in a neighbouring authority, which is in a terrible state. Um, great staff, great community, and, and needs some help. Um, and on Monday we were interviewed for three more technology primary schools. Um, all with a very strong pedagogical background, not a very strong technology background, because that's actually the way we think it ought to be. 
I think you're right, but in, it's somewhere in the equal measure there somewhere, because for me, without that, it's hard to hold children's attention these days, isn't it? Well, absolutely, and, and a mark of any good school comes down to quality teaching um, and a great curriculum and we see technology as being something that underpins that so we want not just smart creative um, pupils of the future and helping develop those but we want smart creative teachers who will look at how technology can work to support um, and really look at harnessing technology for school improvement and for teaching and learning in the classroom rather than it just be about what device it is or what piece of software you're going to pick up at sure. bed. Okay and I know you kind of lose touch with us because it is a trade show and it does look a bit kind of highly loaded at that end doesn't it really? Oh look at this nice shiny bit and, and often we forget about the pedagogy and the you know the reasoning in behind that. Um, you're both um, talking today, tell me what's on the agenda, what will you be talking about? Well, um, we're talking in the um, leadership strand two, uh, two o'clock today, um, and we are very much telling our journey of building a school from scratch um, in terms that having a free school, a primary free school, is that it is a blank piece of paper. Um, and with that comes excitement because it's a blank piece of paper, but also um, really making sure that the choices that you make mm. are fit together. There is you know, a tendency to go as you would in bet and pick up things here and there but for us when we look at a piece of technology whether that's a device or a piece of software it's got to work together in harmony with our ethos our philosophy and really other pieces that fit together and in a jigsaw sort of way rather than just lots of odd pieces that don't fit together and is there do you find your audiences are, are really keen to hear that are they are they are they motivated are they aspiring to this kind of uh, end result or is this falling on deaf ears still I, I don't think so at all I think um, what we want to be able to show is that um, technology can enhance and can support and enable learning um, rather than it being about the technology itself as I've said so if we yeah. can show that story um, and show that actually technology isn't just an add-on to a school or just buying it to deliver some coding that actually it can enhance not just what happens in the classroom but also how does it support teachers in their role how does it make things more effective like marking like feedback like the whole assessment and CPD areas so for us the technology will be something that goes throughout the whole school and and so our session today is very much showing where we are in terms of developing the vision, the ethos, yes. um, and that very early part of getting your educational ideas together and stitching them together. What's it like to have your own blank sheet of paper to do this? Is this all you've dreamt of? <coughs> is it, or is it a nightmare? I have to say, when I started teaching, I never thought I would end up in a position of having, the, having this opportunity. And it is a phenomenal opportunity. Most people, when they become head, have legacies. They have things that they have to pick up and change. Yeah. And, and I'm just in a brilliant position of, of not only having that blank piece of paper and shaping it, but also I've got the back office support of the trust who will look after things like finance, HR, the safeguarding aspects, so I can concentrate on the teaching and learning and standards. And that is just a phenomenal position to be in. And let's, let's turn to the back office now. No better description than me than that. back office, Mark. Um, you're spending more time at the department. Tell me about your role there. As you kind of um, so, so for the last two years, Russell, I, I've acted as the education advisor for our region. Okay. And now I'm just doing a little bit more work in terms of perhaps how we shape things. And I think part of the presentation that I'm helping Kirsty with today is to make sure that we don't repeat some of the silly things we did in building schools for the future, where actually... Um, people overlaid a template on how learning's supposed to be. Um, they, we ran meetings where we talked to senior leaders and then we told them what they couldn't have. Yeah. Uh, and more irritatingly, we told them what they could have. I mean, I love coming to BET. Um, I love coming to BET because I like the people who come here, little ones and big ones. I don't particularly like walking around a load of technology. No. Um, what's always most impressive is when you see someone use technology to make a difference in terms of learning or process management in school or our economies in school. And I think one of the reasons I'm back doing more work in the department um, and with a couple of other bodies is that 
not having a lot of money makes you focus on doing things well as against doing things in a sort of slightly more luxurious way. So people are now looking around to see how our schools can be different. And the fact that when we did the first wave of building out schools for the future, we didn't think about them working in units together. Nope. You know, why didn't we think about using this medium to join learners and teachers together and save them travelling? Yeah, we still, we send teachers hundreds of miles to learn practice when Skype can actually allow them to join together on a more regular basis and have a deeper, more meaningful relationship. And that's without what you can do with kids. Yeah. So some of the things I think we're desperate to do, Kirsty and I, is I suppose create a model that's replicable. I think um, as I get older, and that seems to be happening quicker than I want to admit, <laughs> I think you want to leave some sort of legacy in our area. And if we could create some things that actually other people could take and steal and use to help more, more youngsters, then to be honest, we want to be part of that. I'm just so pleased to hear that you're keen not to repeat the same kind of BSF mistakes. You just seem to have a lot of really big buildings which look the same with very yeah, nice staircases that people can throw things off of and that don't work. And But, but Russell, buildings don't teach children. No, I it's know. It's the teachers that do. We had such and a hard job convincing people, <laughs> didn't we, who had the money. Yeah. And we had to kind of hang things on stuff to yeah. make us get what we wanted. We actually had too much money. I, think that I like your austerity kind of angle there, and I think you might have you might be onto something there. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we've got any choice, and I think um, we, Kirsty and I, were fortunate enough to meet a man called Anoop Gupta, who was Bill Gates' tech advisor, and he's he's got to be one of the wisest people I think I've met. And he just said to us, "Technology, Microsoft, it might be Microsoft, but technologies should do the heavy lifting." In, in our public services and particularly in our school system and, and particularly around learning and I just don't think the people who've advised for years have got their head around that no. and it's, it's, it's time to actually tune into that um, before actually it's too late. Kids must find it really difficult being able to, to use information and media at home and walking into our schools and being told to turn to page 57 and copy a picture out or, Kirsty often quotes this, do one of 50 posters that certain Ooh. children do on an annual basis. <laughs> That's simply from a personal point of view of my daughter, who was, in year 7, 8 and 9, asked for homework, and I counted, you know, in her planner, 65 times she was asked to produce a poster for homework. Now, I would question the value of, of, of that homework and, yes. and think, well, actually, don't set any... But what I will say, she's fantastic at producing posters. Yes, she Very has a quickly. career waiting for her. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say, here's a poster that was used last year, or here are three posters, choose one and reject the other two and tell me why. Write the essay on that. It's, um, and that's a Steve Heppel quote. You know, and, and so there are answers to all of that. We just need to equip our teachers, our practitioners, with those kinds of skills. And Absolutely. And, you know, I think schools need to be brave. And... Otherwise, you know, the, the saying is, if you've always done what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And, and in times where we have got the austerity, and it is time to think out of the box and try and get value for money and question some of the purchases that you, you're having out there and choosing wisely. On um, Tuesday, we hosted 45 visitors um, from Finland, Lebanon, um, a couple of other European countries, the US, uh, nobody asked us about equipment, everybody asked us about learning, everybody asked us about skill development in young people, everybody asked us about how you use different medium to deliver the experience to develop those skills. And that's what you get when you get international visitors. And then when you get visitors from one or two other agencies here, they ask you about an exam paper on how you're going to deliver the content um, or what you're going to buy next. And uh, there's, a, there's a little bit of a change needs to happen here. Like how much RAM you have in your laptop. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. I wish you the best of luck. Of course, when this show goes out today, you will have done. I just hope it was really good for you. Thanks very much for spending a few of your precious moments with us. It's always great to talk to you, Russell. You're really kind. Thank so, Mark Grundy and the fabulous Kirsty Tonks, good luck with today. Well Thank done. You, Thank you, Russell. I absolutely love those two. They are absolutely amazing now. It's just coming up to 10 minutes to 5 still to come. It's Miles Pilling and John Tate. Here's Miles. Listeners are really pleased to have what I consider to be one of the special educational needs experts on the planet. A real pleasure and a longtime friend of my radio show, Miles 
uh, piling uh, accessibility solutions uh, welcome to the show just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself just in case they need to frame you as an expert okay well I've had 30 years experience of working with children with the most complex needs and I can cheerfully say I've worked from 0 to 90 um, and uh, I used to be in the LA for uh, a local authority spent 10 years there uh, in the county of Wiltshire had a wonderful 10 years and now I'm working independently for my own company accessibility solutions um, and I'm also a council member for the British Assistive Technology Association, which we just call BARTA. And that's so much easier. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's really good. So I'll, I'll capture your thoughts on the kind of, uh, I don't know how long you've had in the show today or, or maybe yesterday. Just kind of, uh, do we have sufficient representation? Is there enough, enough innovation that you've seen at the show? Is it the good old same old, same old? And let me just frame that with the conversation I've been having with the fabulous Ian Bean. Okay. Uh, who uh, I regard as a godlike contributor <laughs> to this. I mean, he and I were reminiscing. This is my 32nd bet. Uh, we're reminiscing about the good old fringe days when uh, special educational needs were, were fringe in the Hilton Hotel at That's Olympia. Right. And well, it, you could sit back and have cakes and well, chats. And, it was, and yeah. it had the level of specialism that the subject desperately needs and and that all just finished in different times and here we are and, and the discussion I was having with the fabulous Ian and I hope you're listening Ian, I'm going to send you a tweet in a second tell you to ping your ears back and have a listen to this really good show uh, is that we were talking about you know the innovative buttons and stuff and whilst there has been some switch technology improvement lots of colleagues are still missing the most vital ingredient and that is you have to give a child a compelling reason to want to press that button absolutely have things, have things changed or are we still where we were we're still where we were um, I'm still doing training telling um, and demonstrating to uh, staff uh, what usually happens is a hand over the actual student to press that button. Um, actually, I teach them to put hand uh, and under. So there is a sense which the student has to be uh, guided to begin that motion, to learn that process. Of course. But it's incredibly skillful. I, my hat goes off to TAs. They are the most uh, underpaid. Yes and certainly the most valued members of staff working in this area so let's give them a clap for that sure. but switch technology is, is kept the same uh, but the needs are still there the compelling reason is the motivator yeah um, we always say speech and language say that uh, you can't put uh, motivation into a student it has to be there to communicate you have to have the desire to communicate yeah and with all the technology we've got, which is fabulous, eye gaze through to the switch stuff, um, you actually just need to be aware of the kind of pre-working that needs to be put in that, that way. Does the student have cause and effect? If they have that, then they have the power to make that work. But what is the content? Um, is it appropriate to have um, um, dancing hippos to your 40-odd and beyond? You know. Um, Yes. It's, it's about the, the actual content and I think um, tuning in to the students' preferences. You know, we all have preferences. I like Italian food. My, my, my name is Miles. I could have come from uh, Italy in the, the old days. But uh, the fact is, you tap into that student's preferences, their choices, yes. you're going to find a motivator. I remember one student who was interested in Indian music. She wasn't Indian, but that's what motivates her. And her parents, such vital people in that equation, to tell us, because they know their child inside out, sure. what is actually going to be the preference. And once you've got that, you've got your motivator. So you can put that in. So if your motivation is one direction, God forbid, uh, you, you can They're not on that. the show, don't worry, Miles. No. They're absolutely <laughs> quite safe. This is the one direction. This is the directional three radio channel. It's really good. And I guess that brings us back to the important part here. We still need well-trained uh, members of staff with all of the requisite skills to make all of that happen. This is not That's something correct. you can just yeah. do off the shelf or with someone yeah. who's just kind of part-timing or you know drifted into this because there's no one else to do it. I just Do we still have a shortage in, in our in our schools do we are we still lacking this kind of skill I'm afraid it's getting worse because we don't have um, the staff in place with the experience um, we don't have the network since LA's have reduced all of that considerably um, so how do people find out 
especially in the fast-changing world of assistive technology. Mm. Um, we actually need more people who can pass that on. But there is hope on the horizon. Um, we Barter hopes to be working hopes to be working with the DFE on a project working with physically disabled children on training teachers Brilliant. alongside Nason. We're teaming up and we're hoping to produce something. Um, hopefully not just online, because I think online does so much, but actually you need people um, demonstrating. Uh, can I plug Carol Allen and what she does? Brilliant stuff. Absolutely. Hats off to him being, even though you do travel the world, mate, good on you. Um, <laughs> He's been and, very lucky, hasn't yes, he? he has, yes, He's got yeah. some great gigs. So <laughs> yeah. Look at me, I'm in this fabulous classroom in oh, I don't yes. know, Tanzania. It's a hard or, life, yeah, but a, somebody's yes, got but to I do it. Just think of the airports and all the searching that's yeah. been going on, really. <laughs> and all those wires and cables, yes. they're just yeah. bound to be open to lots of scrutiny. I mean, yes. surely. Oh, but we have wireless switches now. Ah. So we don't need to be tied up to that. So that's another thing that's happened. Oh, that's a good state. I'm just, it, it's just the paraphernalia I was simply referring to. But I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that because my last experience was very switch orientated. But, you know, it's very good. Well, uh, Laura switched on Guy. I had to get that. <laughs> hey, you're a good man. Um, if people want to connect with you, how can they get in contact? Where can we find you? Tell, tell uh, the I'm on all Twitter about. at Miles Pilling, spelled N-Y-L-E-S-P-I-L-L-I-N-G. Uh, I also run a blog called AAS123.com. Subscribe to that and you'll join 800 other people who will get regular information. You'll also see a tab on there for Senkos, um, where I put a lot of stuff. Uh, the biggest request I get is, what can I get for free? And I say, well, that's great, because um, that's where budget, budget constraints are, uh, but there's free and. So uh, there's lots of resources on there that you can download straight away for free. Miles, thank you very much for joining our show and I hope your bet continues to enlighten and delight you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Russell. Check out the complete IT asset management, classroom instruction and safeguarding solution from NetSupport. Net support. When it comes to school IT management, there has never been a better time to change. Just coming out to three minutes to five. If you're listening from your corporate office listeners, you're going to need to get that overtime form out because we're going to run five minutes over. My next guest is John Tate. Really, really enjoyed chatting with this guy. He's a long-term friend and has a lot of great advice to offer us. Um, I hope that's okay with you time-wise, listeners. Uh, there's so much really interesting stuff still to share with you. Don't forget we're doing this all again tomorrow. So if you want to catch it again, uh, you can simply head over across to netsupportsoftware.com forward slash radio and you can listen to today's live show which will be uploaded as quickly as we can and then of course we're doing it all again tomorrow at four o'clock this is net support radio live from bet 2017 Hey, listeners, uh, I mean, uh, you're in for a treat I, l- I like this guy very much he's a snappy dresser really good bold tie and uh, matching handkerchief really good it's john tate aka team tate john welcome to the show thank you thanks for having me what's been going on with you what's happening oh uh, lots of things been my new school now nearly three years uh Acklam grange school up in uh, middlesbrough in the, the glorious northeast of england uh deputy head teacher there and um i lead the uh, quality of teaching as well as um the personal development behavior and welfare of the kids professional development staff so uh yeah, i've been a been a busy boy i've uh, just written my first book and that's uh, yeah, it's finished and off to the publishers. It's with Bloomsbury. That's coming out in, uh, in oh, August. A proper book. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, a, yeah. A proper book. Books, oh. books oh. with words. Oh, yeah, that'll be out what in a couple of years now. <laughs> I hope it's not about technology this year, then, eh? No, no, no. It's a, it's a, it's one of the hundred ideas series. Hundred ideas for engaging students uh, for secondary teachers, and that's going to be out in August. And um, yeah, it's nice for uh, you know something I didn't think that I would ever would do. Wow. Um, so yeah, not bad for a. Not bad for a PE teacher Con- or something. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Don't knock yourself. You're okay. You're an okay PE, PE teacher. One of the few I like, actually. Um, to go, when we first met, there were some really interesting things. You were doing a lot in, with Skype. Mm. Tell the listeners a bit about that. Yeah, I, I've done a lot with Skype and um, really bringing, trying to 
create a, the window, a window to the world in the classroom yeah. by bringing guest speakers into your classroom, by taking students on virtual field trips, by connecting to classrooms all over the world. Um, so easy to do and it's one of these things that I think when I speak to people about it and I say, have you ever Skyped before? Oh yeah, yeah, I've Skyped before. Skyped my friend or my cousins or my relatives in Australia. And so, have you used it in the classroom? Oh no, I never really thought about that. But what, you know, it's about giving students the opportunities. Um, so I, I've done a lot of that and um, I've done it myself as a guest speaker as well as, as a teacher and I carried the Olympic torch at 2012, the Olympics, so I yeah. then did a, a, a talk about bringing the Olympic torch into your classroom. So I've personally Skyped into classrooms all over the world. So I know how easy it is from that point of view being a, a guest speaker. And you ask anyone if they're going to get a, a guest speaker and the, the overheads of the travel costs and all that kind of stuff and to day out of their lives. Whereas actually with Skype, you can just Skype into a classroom from your desk and take 20 minutes out of your day and make a big difference to the lives of the kids. And, you know, it is that easy. So, so why um, aren't more teachers doing it? I think, I think people are still a little bit, um, unfortunately, scared by technology. Really? And really? Yeah, really? And, and I think that it's... But also, I think that there's so many pressures that people feel that maybe technology is getting in the way and they've got to get back to what some people talk to me about, real learning with pens and pencils, and it, that saddens me. But I think there's so many things that are thrown at teachers now that um, it's easier to, to just do what they've, what they've not always done. But I think that's... It's not the right way, but I think it sometimes is the way in some schools. Tell me a few things. Are you uh, you may not be allowed to talk about the book before publication, but just give no, me a, no, a soup yeah, song taste. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's a hundred ideas for engaging students, and it's a little bit like um, if you're going to pick up a cookbook, Russell, and you were going to look for you know, you want to cook something tonight. Okay. What you're going to look at? You might look in the the starter section or the dessert section. So it's it, it's split into sections. It's literally one idea per page. So you can go to you know I might say you know go to go to number eighty four. Okay. Look, and very easy to dip in and out of, great for NQTs, uh, inexperienced staff, or people just wanting to look for something different. Yeah. And they can see it's not something you have to read from cover to cover, it's not a novel, it's literally, have a look, I want some inspiration, I'll give that idea a go, has it worked, brilliant, I can share it with somebody else. Uh, and it's as easy as that, like you would do with a recipe book or a cookbook in the kitchen. So on page 84, <laughs> what might I find? Don't, don't test me. <laughs> okay, page, 86 Well, then. I mean, there, there, there's lots in there. There's lots about technology. Okay. There's lots about questioning students and, and, okay. and, and how we use questioning to engage students. There's lots about you know, how we can use seating plans to, to, to create the, and all little tips and tricks to actually Brilliant. how can we get students to be engaged. And you know, Lots of things that I've picked up from, from teachers that I've worked with, I've met, I've tweeted, I've blogged. Yeah. Lots of amazing things that actually... And you can you can literally try the very next Brilliant. day in the classroom. Brilliant, um, and, and that's that's what it's about, you know, it's sharing those ideas. I was talking to Alison Peacock yesterday, mm-hmm. and she brought a researcher along with her, and she was saying they were doing some research on the seating plans and the kind of importance mm-hmm. of that. Also had the brilliant and very entertaining Professor Stephen Wheeler, who was on the uh, on the show today. I pre-recorded his interview because he was only available this morning, and he was talking about lighting. He wanted to understand how light coloured light has an effect on behaviour in the classroom. Some really interesting stuff. There is, and and, and it's that whole, I mean, from from a sports background, I kind of know this, but that marginal gains approach that the British cycling team have used so effectively to become, by far, the best team in the world. Marginal gains. And and that's what it is. It's about, well, actually, is the lighting in the classroom going to take a school from rock bottom to top of the league to above night? No, it's not. But actually, is it the final piece in the jigsaw that you're looking for as a school leader? And, 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 and that's where those marginal gains make a big difference and trying to get those pieces fit together trying to make sure we do all the little last, last little bits and bobs to make sure that actually the school is as good as it can be and, yeah. and you know, I think that 20-25 years ago um, there were a lot of schools that didn't have any pieces in the jigsaw box that's changed now lots of schools have the pieces but are they actually fitting together and are they talking to each other uh, and it's about trying to find you know, places like this at the Bet Show coming away with the two or three ideas that might be your last pieces of your jigsaw that might be the last things, uh, and, and, and ultimately that's what it's about, I think. I'm still stuck on marginal gains. I think it should be a name for a band or something. <laughs> be really cool. Or your next book, your yeah, maybe. marginal gains. I maybe. Like yeah, so, yeah. so the British Cycling mm. uh, Fraternity, yeah, yeah. They, what, what did they, as an example, well, of what was, they, they, they changed the material? Yeah, of the well, it, basically they did everything they could. and it's a, it, it, Dave, Dave Brailsford was the um, British Cycling Team Manager, and um, it was the idea that what if we can do 10 things, that make a little bit of a difference, then actually wow. we can make a big difference. And you can't, there are, like in education and sport, there are no silver bullets. There's nothing that you're going to be able to change overnight. Sure. But actually, little bit by bit. So what they did, they did things like, on the tour, they, took, they actually took the beds of the cyclists with them. 
because when you think if you're on a tour if you're yes. going to the, the, the Tour de France you will spend a huge amount of time either on the saddle yes or in bed yes. that's what you do so you take your own saddle and take your own bed well why not because actually if I mean, you know what it's like you've travelled around a, a lot what's it like on that first you night in a hotel you how amusing that particular example is <laughs> and how fitting well uh, having this discussion with someone uh, very recently I do take my own pillow yeah well, well but uh, you, we all know what it's like when yes. you sleep in yes. the first night in a hotel yes. you don't get very much sleep now on the, on the road as a cyclist you are always in a hotel for one night and another night and another yes, night yes. so you're always going to get crap sleep so actually let's take our bed let's and actually they had a team that went ahead of them and set this all up they took their own chefs they actually looked at the um the you know the the the, the, the suits that were, you know the, the the cycling suits the shape of the helmet and all those things are not going to make a difference on their own but actually when you start to add up the you know the the, the wow. those marginal gains Amazing. bit by bit by bit you suddenly then become by far the best and i think as an education we can learn from that uh, and your, your example of the lighting in classrooms it's a great example of a marginal gain that might make that little bit of difference and when you start to add other things with it it becomes, oh, becomes huge so bringing a bed next time yeah. so students take their own chairs around the school how an <laughs> exciting concept there maybe just maybe who knows who knows who if knows. we want to connect with you externally how do we find you yeah uh, on, on twitter at team tate uh, i've got a, a facebook feed as well uh, you can find me there team tate and i'm also doing a bit more stuff on linkedin now you can find me there john tate j-o-n-t-a-i-t and my website is johntate.com uh, so in all the usual places you'll find me uh, unfortunately so uh, good luck with the book and i look forward to a preview copy as soon as it's available and uh, and may you continue to write and inspire lots of young minds yeah, john absolutely. tate thanks for joining us appreciate it it's a pleasure You're listening to Net Support Radio with Russell Prue, live from Standee 118. Net Support Radio, live at Bet 2017. You're listening to Net Support Radio with Russell Prue. Support Radio. Nothing else comes close. Mm, mm, mm. Just coming up to eight minutes past five, and that is it, listener. Thanks very much indeed for your company. It's been a real pleasure, a real fantastic smirge of Twitterati activity during today's live show. Thank you so much indeed. It's made all the difference. Thank you to all our friends, all our listeners across the planet. Really, you are so welcome to our show. Uh, if you want to listen to any of your best bits again or download the show and take it home with you, it will be available very shortly on the main website and just in case you're not getting this or you've listened on TuneIn Radio or you're getting us on Sky Radio or something like that, then just head across to www.netsupportsoftware.com forward slash radio. From there there is a SoundCloud app and you can catch me also if you are listening to me on your iTunes RSS feed. Thank you so much indeed. We're back here at four o'clock. We've got lots of young people on tomorrow's live show. In fact, we will open our show with young live people. You know what they say about never work with animals or young live people. Well, I can't promise you an animal, but we've got a shed load of young live people that are going to be talking about their bet experience. Hold it in until then. We'll be back with you. And thanks so much for being a part of this brilliant radio show. And that's what I like to call. What's up, y'all? I'm Beyonce. What's up? This is Adam from Maroon 5. This is Kings of Leon. This is Net Support Radio. Right now. Listen to me now. Yeah.